You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's time for the unofficial 40. Soonerscoop.com's very official recruiting podcast featuring Soonerscoop.com recruiting publisher Josh McQuistian. Get your recruiting fix from the leader in Sooner Recruiting. It's the unofficial 40 with your hosts, Soonerscoop.com publishers Gary Murdoch and Josh McQuistian. Oh my God, we are back and uh, we have uh, a first, ladies and gentlemen, it's the first time that this has ever happened in the in the history of the pod. I mean, we've been podcasting for over a year now. This is the first time, I believe, that we have the one and only Josh McQuistian in studio and he's on a microphone over there. That has to be the best build-up to the least exciting bit of news ever. Yeah, you have so much energy right now that you're in studio, Josh. It's I, unbelievable. I know. I, I need to scream something as quickly as possible. Uh, Eddie Radosevich and his gloriousness. Uh, Hello. Just returning from the St. Jude Sam Bradford Golf Classic, apparently. It's just a hat. She, is that the only hat that you're wearing now? Is that, uh, the, is that from this year's tournament? Yeah, it's been thrown in the rotation. We've started training camp, though, so think, we're in football mode now. What did you wear in the golf tournament? That? A visor. You went visor? I wear hats playing golf. I'm just trying to figure out why that is. Why? I'm, my, my wheels are spinning, and I'm trying to figure out, like, why? Because I'm not poor. <laughs> <laughs> my God. Coming out strong. Rethink that raise, I promised you. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, uh, a lot of stuff going on. We just, like I mentioned, the, the we talked to the coaches, which... The Bob Stoops uh, Golf Tournament is what it was always kind of referred to. Now it's the Lincoln-Riley Golf Tournament. But Lincoln-Riley did not play in the Lincoln-Riley Sooner Appreciation Day Golf Journey event, whatever it's called now. Uh, it's, it's, it's a first. Yeah, Just like I've, Josh being in studio, the head football coach not playing in his own golf tournament. That's a first. He got back in the film room. Everybody on the board should be happy. Is got he back not on a the, golfer? I think he, he is. is. I just yeah. don't think he played. I think they. I mean, Mike Stoops golfs, but he didn't play. Would it would have been awesome if Tim Kish had been the only one that played? Yeah, that would have been awesome. <laughs> so is this like a referendum? Like no coaches are golfing today, or I don't know. Work out that way. I think it might have just worked out that way. Uh, I also, you know, I I thought about tweeting it, but I didn't want to anger anybody. But if. Uh, if the Lincoln Riley era is off to a uh, rounding, rousing start, if we're having golf tournaments at noon during the middle of the summer, I think you're trying to kill people. Decision making, maybe a problem in Norman. <laughs> what was it? There was something else that I questioned. Oh yeah, when I saw Phil Phil Steele tweet out, "Thanks to Lincoln Riley for spending an hour with me previewing his his OU football team," and I thought, dude, your magazine's already out. Like Lincoln, why are you wasting time with that dork? <laughs> Why is he with, why, the, with what, the gambling addict? What's he gonna? Yeah, that's probably just inside information yeah, that he's, he's trying just to. Try, he's just <laughs> you're helping him build his Vegas service, his tout, his tout service. Does he do one of those? I bet he. I mean, I wouldn't think so. But we all know that's a gambling guide. I mean, that, yeah, no, it is. That dude knows where some bodies are buried. That <laughs> I probably shouldn't make fun of. You know, it's funny. I buy it every year, Phil Still. Do too. Most overrated magazine ever, though. It's just that it's almost like there's too it's too much stats, there's too much stuff to parse through. You can't get through all of it in time to actually learn anything. It's, it's ugly too. Well, and they, ugliest to look at. ugliest it looks like somebody puked the impact font all over a page <laughs> they, for they, about four hundred pages. They put it out so early too that usually half the guys are you know, from some places are either hurt or not playing or there's a lot of 
stuff that can change well like a few years ago i remember i think pretty prominently he mentioned joe mixon he discussed like they feel like this freshman running back could have a huge impact and he knew nothing about what you know like and it wasn't his fault it, it came just, out so early it published he so punched early her before mm-hmm, or exactly. after it, it published so that, anyway yeah i, I question that decision making a lot so yeah there you go lincoln riley you're already on notice <laughs> by the unofficial 40 podcast we question your judgment 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 problems in Norman already. There hasn't even been a fourth and one yet. I was told uh, by some people that, well, I guess I'll just say, it. I was told by Mike Houck that he's kind of started paring down his meat. Like, he's not he's not okaying as many media requests as he was. So he's definitely getting into game mode. Well, at some point, he has to get burnt out. I mean, he was doing, almost it felt like three a day. And he was doing it with stations I'd never even heard of. Yeah. I requested him for the podcast, but I was shot down. He'll just need some because time. apparently there are so many podcasts out there now that they all request like they don't want to open up that Pandora's box. Or if he starts going on our, which I say, you know what? Tell those people to f off. We're we're the real podcast around here. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're credentialed, you should be able to get them on. Well, maybe we could start with like a protocol of if. Lincoln Riley actually can recognize you, then maybe he can go on your podcast. But if he's never laid eyes on you, go the hell home and don't request. Well, this is this is what hurts because I normally I just say, "Hey Bob, jump on the podcast with us." Okay, what time? But I got to build that with Lincoln mm-hmm. now. So screwed. Just need a couple minutes screwed. with him. We'll get him on. Uh, so big thing coming up barbecue and we wanted to kind of have the we're saying this it's actually laziness but we're masking it by saying that we wanted to have the latest information available for the barbecue so that's why we're doing the podcast on friday uh but coming up it's been kind of an interesting week josh because uh because of another josh Uh, josh proctor goes up to ohio state tweets out yesterday i don't know if you have the tweet in front of you uh, that he is shutting down his recruiting or his whatever recruitment. Did he use recruitment? Uh, and that uh, he thought thinks everyone. And I saw a bunch of guys, you know, Ron Tatum, uh, you know, basically supporting him, saying, "Hey, we're with you. Uh, you do you or whatever." Yeah. Uh, but my first thought is, oh, looks like Urban Meyer put the screws to him. Well, you had him and Jaden Woodby this week kind of come out and say, oh, I'm 100%, I'm all Buckeye, this kind of thing. Well, and I, we the Scoop talked about it a little bit. It's, you know, for those who don't know, it's already out this morning, uh, for those who are listening to this later in the day. Uh, but, you know, to me, if you're having to put stuff like that out, wasn't that what your commitment was? I mean, wasn't that shutting it down once already? <laughs> like, you don't have to do this if you weren't already allowing that to happen again. And I think, especially with Josh, you saw it happen you know, he can't go to Columbus all the time. He's got all that time in between. And for me, I think it just came down to, well, it's, you know, Oklahoma's right down the road. I can go check them out anytime I want. You know, guys like Pat Fields, who he trains with a lot. There's a lot of, you know, Jordan Kelly is a guy that he knows as well at Union. So there's a lot of connections between him and OU. And there's really none between him and Ohio State. And probably the last time he'll get to go there is for his whatever his official visit's going to be. Well, that's, you know, between now and I believe he's going to be a midterm guy, so he's got till December. That's a lot of time for Oklahoma to kind of continue to keep that door open. I, to me, I'll still be surprised if he doesn't take an official visit to OU. I still think he'll end up at Ohio State, but I think anyone thinking this, this story is just done is, is probably, probably wrong. The, the biggest surprise on the board, obviously, was just the people that were saying, oh, oh you should drop him now. And that's that could be the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That would be like saying, I mean, you had a guy in C.D. Lamb who decommitted. Like, that's where when you should, you know, as a fan, you should be allowed to say, oh, I don't want him anymore anyway. But the staff, I mean, I, uh, Dennis Simmons talked about this the other day, uh, you know, that basically he's like, kids in ninth grade now want an offer and they want to commit. And he's like, I don't even know if I'll be here when that kid <laughs> finally, you know, finally goes to college. I loved that. Yeah. I loved how honest that was. That that you know, because it is, it's real. Like every coach can put that image out that we're, you know, we're going to be here for you. They don't know. There's no way to control that. You know, Dennis Simmons gets the, you know, offered an offensive coordinator job at some big, you know, program. Of course he's going to take that job. Yeah. He'd be crazy not to. But I, it, but that's what he was talking about. Was Sedarian Lammy was like, look. 
I told the kid, you know, you need to be sure. You need to be 100%. You need to look around. But I still think that we're going to be the place for you yep. when it's all said and done. Now, in the, when we talked about this when it happened last year, I remember, you know, in the past, OU had a staff that would get butthurt over something like that yep. and end up saying something, you know, that would end up making it impossible for the kid to continue looking at OU. Well, absolutely. And, you know, you there was a, um, a story this week uh, on the board. Somebody brought up uh, Jalen Rager was doing some sort of, you know, question and answer on Twitter or Instagram or something. I think somebody, it was Snapchat would even creepier. Yeah. And, and somebody asked him, you know, what, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> kind of asked him, you know, what is it, what was it about uh, your situation that made you drop OU? And he said, oh, it was something personal. Well, I've talked to enough people. I don't think there was like a smoking gun on the situation, but I definitely think based on what I was told and some of the people I talked to that the reaction to his initial interest in TCU when he took that first um, uh, official visit, I think there was such a soreness over the way that went down that it, it pissed some people off, and I think there was probably a pretty strong reaction to it, kind of like what you're talking about, Kerry, kind of that old-school mentality. And I think from that point on, Rager and OU was just – it wasn't going to happen, no matter how much OU tried to kind of get back in there and make it happen. I think they pissed him off, and that was – that was it. So it, I think people looking for like some storyline of, you know, some awful moment between him and OU wasn't that. It was just they didn't like him going to TCU and the way he handled everything. And I, I think Simmons is, is a better example of what recruiting is these days. You're going to have to accept that guys that are committed are going to take visits, going to look around. Hell, Levi Draper, that dude was locked into OU last year. I know for months he was still talking to schools like Georgia and Notre Dame and Alabama and still having conversations with those guys in case something happened and that that's just what these kids are doing now and the the schools that can learn to roll with that they're the ones that recruit the best the, and the, i think the schools that I, I think every once in a while you need kind of a an FU kid. Like, if he decommits, you got to set a line at some point. Yeah. You can't let every kid walk over yep. you. But I think that the really good schools know exactly who that kid's going to be, yep. you know? Yeah, well, you know, like Ron Tatum. If Ron Tatum's not immensely talented and at a position that OU has a huge need, right. they tell him to walk. Right. I mean, because they he, were really frustrated. Yeah, that, that was that, that was a kind of a crisis. Yeah, moment. that that stung. I mean, there's no question about it. And you know, I think it's why that commitment was so big for them to turn that kind of around. But yeah, I mean, if he wasn't, like I said, a, a tremendously talented guy. Tell him to walk. You can find another dude. You just don't find guys with Tatum's physical abilities every day, especially within state lines. You've got to keep those guys. It's. I mean, going back to Proctor, it's such a difficult balance because I mean, um, look at I don't Cameron Rising. Here's what I'm thinking. My I had a brain fire. I mean, like you know, oh you like something's going on. Like we don't want to say anything, but we know something's going on, and, and, and like. I don't know. I look at it both ways. Like, Urban Meyer, okay, you put the screws to the kids, but now you're going to be operating in the dark a little bit. Mm-hmm. If, if the, Like, there's no... If, if Josh Proctor had just gone to the barbecue, and, and I'm sure that that's what that was about, yeah, is of course. he did not want him coming to this barbecue yep, this I weekend. I think that's 100%. Uh, if he goes to the barbecue... Yeah, I mean, it, it hurts you in your recruiting, but at the same time, now you put the screws to the kid... So now, he, if he talks to OU in the future, mm-hmm. he's not going to want you to know about it. Yeah, and you're gonna you're gonna be recruiting against something that you really don't know where you're gonna where you stand at times. That's a great point, and I think also when you look at it from the perspective of Ohio State's a real, you know, we just talked about you've got to be real about these sort of things, and guys are going to take visits. Well, depending on how hard that staff pushed Josh Proctor and Jaden Woodby last weekend. Well, what happens when other kids in that class, you know, are they know they're locked in, they know they're in a good spot, and they're like, well, I'm going to go visit Alabama, or I'm going to go visit Notre Dame. Well, Josh and Jaden are going to be like, well, why the hell we can't we go see, yeah. you know, these schools? And it, 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 I mean, that's why it's dangerous to push it too hard. And maybe Ohio State didn't. I mean, you can't fault that staff for recruiting. They know their way around yeah, things. Yeah. So I'm sure they played it smartly. But if if anybody thinks, oh, you just go out there and tell these kids how it's going to be, that is going to screw you nine times out of ten. You're not going to win in recruiting like that. That's just not how you play ball. And in in back to like last year is like you saw you've seen kids support Proctor probably like you would want them to. Your recruits, your commits, because they're they're reaching out. And they're saying, hey, 
you know, you're still my brother or whatever. Mm-hmm. And recruits did that last year with Rambo and even Ray, Rieger, 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 I don't care. Uh, he signed somewhere else. So <laughs> Jalen not going to play at TCU this year. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I think that's probably a good sign for this recruiting class too, as the kids are doing the same thing they did last year that resulted, you know, in a lot of kids either coming back or yep. OU being able to keep in touch with those kids. Yeah, you're not seeing pettiness or any kind of, you know, th- there is, there's definitely a feeling, and you know, you still look around and Oklahoma's gonna do really, really well in state. I mean, with the exception of Proctor, if he does stick with Ohio State, which, like I said, I expect him to do, you, you're still talking about landing with one exception, every player in the state that you saw it. I mean, that that's that's really good. And it's, you know, guys like Ron Tatum, Pat Fields, uh, Bray Walker. I mean, Ron Tatum and Bray Walker, it's not every year that the state of Oklahoma produces a potential NFL offensive lineman and defensive lineman, and Oklahoma's got both of them. Now, is Proctor going to make his official visit to Ohio State when they play OU? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. He he. I would think that they would want him to. I, I would think so too because you know I think we all kind of have a feeling on how that game might go. So I, I think that'll be something they'll want to do. But at the same time, there's a risk because if that game doesn't go the way you think yeah. it does. Well, then you've opened up the door and he was right there to see it. And and then you know if OU somehow wins that game, mm-hmm. Lincoln Riley's going to be all over him. Oh yeah. Oh I. From Mike Stoops will be all over. A him. little bit loosely connected to kind of how Marvin Wilson was. Yeah. Well. The- uh, exactly with it with exact the Houston game last year. Though. Yeah, yeah. When it went badly for OU, I mean, that, and that's um, Kerry. Like y- you talked about Lincoln. I mean, that's that's the thing that is clear. And you know, I know you've had conversations with people too. He's a guy they really want. Make no mistake about it. Josh Proctor is a player they really, really want to have in this class. And I, that's why I said, you know, people. He can say this, and I think maybe for a few weeks or maybe even a month, he'll really stick to it. But at some point, there was a reason you started looking again. I don't think that reason just went away because you spent two days in Columbus. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, I think there's still something going on. We'll we'll see what happens. But I, if you made me bet, I bet he still takes an official to Oklahoma. If I'm Kerry Cooks, I'm sending him a direct message or link or whatever to uh, the Marcus Hooker commitment. Yeah. Oh, I'm saying they're they're still commit they're still recruiting over you, Josh. What do you think about that? Well, and I mean, you look. I'd at, be a ruthless coach. Oh, oh yeah, no. I mean, and I don't think that's ruthless. That's just fair game. I'd also Venmo him like five hundred bucks as well, though. <laughs> <laughs> so he Eddie went from ruthless to just flat out illegal. Eddie's not going to be. I'd be. I would, I would be very. Soon. I'd be very Hugh Freeze minus all the religious. <laughs> so hookers and blow and yeah. bagmen and the and the most. Beautiful SEC city of Oxford. But you know what you can respect about Eddie? Eddie wouldn't try to hide it. You know what? We're getting hookers for all our players. Yeah. Like, Eddie would advertise it. As God intended. <laughs> BFJ. BFJ. Uh, the leader of the movement. Okay, so we spent a lot of time on Josh Parker. Let's sure. let's hit up the barbecue. Just, uh, you know, scoop is out. I'm trying to... I was trying... I'm trying... I was trying something new. I don't know if this is going to work or not. But uh, scoop is out. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's pay. Um, <laughs> we got to make some money somehow, folks. So subscribe to the site. It's it's worth it. I guarantee it's worth it. Uh, scoop today, proof of that. But barbecue coming up. It's the second year of it. I do know it's going to be indoors. Uh, I've mentioned that before. I don't know that they'll have a bunch of activities on the field or not. I, you know, is there going to be a pie eating contest? I don't know these things. Um, Maybe Josh is there. Well, we'll find. There'll be all kinds of social media coming out of this Oh, thing. yeah. So uh, give us an update on kind of the big names. Have there been any anybody? I mean, obviously, Josh Proctor has dropped out. Uh, any other late dismissals or additions? The two big ads uh, both came kind of late yesterday evening, really kind of late into the night. Um, Daniel Carson, the defensive end offer from Missouri, uh, big guy, about 6'5", 270. He has confirmed he'll be coming in. I I think there was some question for a while of where he really fit into um, to Oklahoma's plans. You know, they have Bobby Brown. They have Ronnie Perkins. They've already got Tatum committed. But I think it's just a situation where Oklahoma sees him in a fairly similar light to Perkins and Brown and says, well, if he wants to come, then we'll take him and we'll be fine with that. So uh, you've got him coming in, and the other is a 2019 guy, which is going to be on the all-name team for 2019, Nana Asofa Mensa, who's a big-time kind of – yeah, outside outside linebacker out out of uh, Nolan Catholic in Fort Worth. He is – 
very he's already been up to OU once. He came up, I believe, uh, for uh, maybe either the spring game or one of the junior days. I'm blanking a little bit on that. Okay, but, phonetically, it's not so bad. Nana Asofa Mensa. Yeah. That's not too and bad. it's hyphenated, so it's not yeah. really, the Osofa Mensa. There is a hyphen there in the middle, so it's not it's not quite as daunting as it sounds. Uh, <laughs> but no, he he is a elite guy. OU offered him. I, I want to say about six weeks ago. Um, kind of long, six five, two twenty could be a. I, he's kind of what OU's looking for right now. He's got that ability. He could grow into a defensive end in a four three. He could stand up in a three four. He can do a lot of stuff. But he's a pure edge rusher. Um, and got offers from really everywhere over the spring and summer. So he's a big-time guy to get on campus. And, it, you know, that's there's a nice mix of 2018, 2019. And we've only got one 2020 guy on the list, and that's Jason McClellan from Aledo, uh, the running back that they've already offered. I, I think there will be more. Um, it's just sometimes, some years – I feel like I'm real locked into the list, and sometimes it's a little trickier. So this year, I feel like there's probably five or six quality guys that maybe I haven't been able to nail down yet. I am going to make a statement here. I don't think that uh, Tom Herman nor Matt Rule should be able to recruit Nana Asofa Mensa uh, because I'm going to bet that he is not Catholic. And yet he's going to a Catholic high school. He doesn't believe in his community. No. Yeah, you know, that's that's awful. No. Yeah. God, that whole thing was. And I, I love. It's just it's just trying to placate high school coaches. Oh yeah. Pandering. Oh, they're 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 playing to Texas high school because there's nowhere where that fervor of hatred towards IMG is stronger than in Texas. I mean, it is fanatical, and they are right there. And you know, the funniest thing I saw the whole time was when that it was that coach at the at the Texas high school coaches clinic kind of quoted Herman about what he had to say about IMG. You know, kids don't have to go there to be recruited. We don't seek them out, whatever. And the Ayadele Adeye kid quotes it and puts like a question mark because he transferred to IMG yeah. about two months ago. Yeah. So, you and know, he's like... committed to Texas. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just... You're like, man... I'm going to say this, and, and I, I don't think we have any allegiances. I don't care. The whole IMG thing is stupid. Yeah. Like, it is just stupid. Like, to... To think that you need to go somewhere and play with other ridiculously good, like that's somehow going to make you better as a player? No. You're playing in high school. The level that you're going to be playing at, you're not, it's just, ugh, I think it's stupid. It's, it's stupid. I thought the neo, the, the primetime thing was stupid. The Deion Sanders thing was stupid. That was really stupid. dumb. Yep. At I least mean, IMG has some legs on it. Football, yeah, I mean. It is IMG. Here's the other thing. It started out as a tennis place. Yeah, that's true. So that, that's real. But the, the richest thing to come out of that Texas high school coaches thing was some of the quotes from some of the coaches that I would say the schools are fairly known for recruiting and getting guys to transfer over. Yeah. And then they talk about transferring out like it's some kind of big community deal. It, it's funny how that works. The, you that, know, there might not be a, a bigger collection of bigger egos than the Texas high school football coaches. Oh, there's no question. As a collection. And in one building? Yep. My God. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the funny thing, and it's, it's, I don't know how I feel about what Matt Rule said because there's two sides to the argument. I love that he had the balls to be like, you know yeah. what, we're not even messing with it. Yeah. Like, Herman hedged it. Like, yeah. he, he, he went well, about it. Well, then he halfway. backed up on it yeah. the next day. Yeah, exactly. kid what a From pussy. there, committed. I yeah. mean, well, and, and Matt then, Rule, if he had a kid, committed he i guarantee you he would have a different stance yes herman absolutely. herman tried the misquote crap like yeah. he told the a day a kid that like oh it, they they just misquoted me they misunderstood and i'm like okay i'd love to hear that coach's take on what what he actually quoted and what was said but the carrie you kind of hit on the rule part that is funny like yeah that's great that you took that stand it's also Unrealistic because Baylor isn't going to IMG yeah. and winning real guys. Like they might go in and get the second flight, maybe steal some guy, but there, there's not like Baylor might get one guy every seven years at IMG. He's not really doing anything with that statement. Yeah, it, it, he's playing the percentages. It helps him more mm-hmm. to to say that than it hurts him because yep. he's going to get more Texas high school coaches on his side and and be sympathetic to him. And maybe be more open, you know, to him through their doors. Uh, maybe he, maybe he gets a five minute bump, you know, bump in, you know, with with a kid here and there, and nobody bats an eye or something. Well, and the Wetzel guy that he hired hired from S. A. Reagan was the former Texas high school coach's president, and was the guy that wrote the letter about Bishop yeah. Gorman yeah. after I after they played Cedar Hill and kind of beat the doors off Cedar Hill last year. 
Which still surprised me. That still that game didn't that that I and it's funny because Gorman does a lot of the same crap. They're not as blatant about it as IMG is, but IMG has to carry all the burden, which is kind of interesting to me. I mean, we've we've run into guys from IMG uh, that are involved, like in the administration, and they are some cocky I, SOBs. I swore for the I swore for years that he was like a some kind of bag man. I didn't realize that's who that was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know who you're talking about, and that's it. I remember him. He was he was making fun of what's his name, the quarterback. Oh yeah, Tate Martell. Yeah, he was making fun of Tate Martell, which well, kind of endeared me. Yeah. He kind of endeared himself. I can stand up. I can. I can get behind that kind of thing. Uh, but th- didn't Tate Martell just get his clock cleaned against uh, Cedar Hill? <sighs> no, no, no. That, that was what I was just talking about. Gorman beat the crap out of Cedar. Yeah, Hill. they won. But I mean, there was some ugly play. Maybe it was the oh, quarterback for Cedar Hill. I wouldn't doubt it because I mean. Yeah. You know, Eddie was there two years ago at Cedar Hill when we had the Rivals yeah. camp out there, and a couple of Gorman guys came down. Uh, a couple of, like they had a big time corner that actually OU was in on, and some other guys. They had a bunch of people at OU's camp. This and year. Cedar Hill and Gorman were just talking the whole time. Like they couldn't wait for that game. And then, like I said, Gorman came out there and just beat them down. Which is funny. It's kind of funny, though, because, you know, I. I really respect that, like a Cedar Hill program that oh, yeah. I think does it absolutely the right way. Yep. Obviously, everybody knows Joe McGuire. Yep. And then you have a school like Bishop Gorman that has, you know, Snoop Dogg's kid flown in from Los Angeles. Yep. Another kid flown in from Florida. Mm-hmm. They're, they they were IMG before IMG, really. Oh, yeah. Well, and, you know, the, the funny thing is, is, you know, I, was I mean, talk- wasn't Ryan Reynolds from. Arizona, yeah, he was from Lake Havasu, yeah, and uh, they, um, oh yeah, Gorman, Gorman's been doing that stuff forever. And the funny thing is, is you know, like you can have the guy wrote the letter after the Cedar Hill game. Well, the one of the few Cedar Hill guys that had a good game was Charleston Rambo, the OU yeah. eventual signee. Charleston Rambo was a move into Cedar Hill, like yeah. so, you know, like everybody gets these kind of ideas and they forget because Charleston moved in. Before his junior year, so it's somehow different. And you're like, no, he he was a. Anybody want to talk about Dax Garman for a minute? Texas. Oh God, how many schools did he? Train he was like a five five or six school guy, uh-huh. wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, and for the, four years of high school, the fight in Jay Norvell's got a David Cornwell starting for him. You know, that's another. A, uh, well, that's another that was the most uh, ambiguous <laughs> naming of a starting quarterback I've ever seen. Like. David Cornwell is our starting quarterback, but that doesn't mean he'll start the opener. Yeah, it was like, but it will be an uh, competition yeah. in camp or something. But he has to win the job or something. I mean, it was so. David, was, was he a grad transfer? No, no he transferred no. out so of Alabama. Okay, so he's been there for a year. Yeah. Like he can, he's eligible was he, to play this year. I thought he left Alabama before. No, that's it. I think he left Alabama before the college football playoff oh. a year ago, maybe. Okay, or maybe it was last year. So I don't know how he's immediately eligible. That, that's what I was wondering is how that's going to work. Um, but either way, that oh, whole he's really good at that that announcement had such he a has feel. the transfer lockdown. He's like, I got, I know everything you need to know about transfer. Don't waved, worry about it. Just wave. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. That uh, and to kind of go into that, I mean, anybody that remembers that whole scenario and how that played out at Norman North and everything it was ugly. Yeah, that had a that announcement had a feeling of. There's someone pushing this behind it, and I don't think they live in Nevada. Yeah. So you know that that was the, very, very, that felt a lot like the Norman North Jones thing. There was so much air wasted on uh, the argument of should OU have taken David Cornwell over or Justice, Justice Hanson? Actually, know, Justice Hanson's the only one that's done anything. I, so I was going to say that's it's funny how that story like after a year or two it was like well they should have taken Cornwell he's going to compete for the Alabama job and now Hanson's a Davey O'Brien came. I mean like he's not going to win it but yeah. I mean he had a decent year last year for Arkansas he State he won some games yeah kind yeah. of turned their season around yeah, I think they, they were, started like one and five or yeah, one and yeah. six they were, they, were, they were platooning him in some transfer from Cincinnati or something like that mm-hmm. not named uh, Gunner Keel Gunner Keel yeah. yeah he was a little short guy Gunner Keel might not be alive. Is he For, alive? He, yeah, he furthers my belief that if you have a quarterback that literally can't talk to the media, that's a problem. Yeah, like, those kind of guys, they. I, I don't know. Like they're just basket cases for some reason. So now, I not to say remember, the guys talk to the media always work out. I still remember that day during OU's camp when we were all camped out. Oh yeah, Oriel Green Beckham walked yeah. in, and you know Gunner Keel was just on campus, and God, those two guys. Did, did DGB catch on with another team? I I have not seen if he, he got has. released. Mm-mm. I have not seen if he has. I 
I was watching Canadian football last night, and Jackson Jeffcoat had an interception for really? Montreal. Did he? Do you know what Darius Bowman still plays in the CFL, former OSU receiver? I, I think I did know that. Saddest truth is I actually know Montreal's uh, nickname. Anybody? Uh, it's you like may the, know from the just because I that's, just that's Alouettes. Yeah, just because I, I saw it last night. I think I thought I was going to be an island here, but now I'm with some savant. That's a that's a nickname you don't forget. Yeah, it's, like, I, I don't know what the hell it means, but I couldn't even spell it. I just copy and pasted it into the thread <laughs> that I. <laughs> okay, so so coming up barbecue, um, you've got you're going to have commits mixed with others. Uh, do you expect anyone to pop this weekend? You know, and and we broke some of this down in the scoops. I don't want to go over all of it, but yeah, we we picked, I picked about six guys that I thought were were possibilities. Um, I think the first one you start with is Brian Asamoah, the linebacker from Ohio. Uh, first trip to Norman has been very open that OU's really right there at the top of his list. He's visited places like Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. I know Arizona State's got some interest for him. So I mean, he's a guy that seems pretty open, but you look down his offer list. I mean, and there's just there's no, I mean, you can say Michigan, but I don't think Michigan's really involved with him at this point. Uh, Penn State is debatable. So, what do you do with that? I mean, I, I think at some point he's just going to see that Oklahoma is clearly a stronger option, not just because of the program and what it is and where it is in college football's hierarchy, but their need at linebacker. I mean, you know, we talked about this almost every podcast for months. Who the hell are the linebackers yeah. going to be? You feel pretty good about Jalen Redmond if you want to consider him a linebacker, but even he's, you know, kind of fringy. It's kind of depending on what they want to do. If they go four three, he's a he's a defensive end. Now he uh, Jalen Redmond. I mean, that's going to be an interesting visit because you got the old Miss stuff that's just happened. Yep. Uh, and I think, I mean, nobody was dancing more than Mike Stoops. I don't think when all that stuff went down because he knew Ole Miss and now what Arizona State is involved there. Mm-hmm. But is there? You will you not be will you be disappointed if if they don't get a commitment because you thought that it should that should happen now that Ole Miss is out of it or do you think that Arizona State thing's real enough to where he wants to visit before? Well, I mean, he would pull a trigger. And for those who might you know be listening and don't really understand why he would have a specific interest in Arizona State, his teammate and buddy Evan Fields went out there last year, uh, and you know, God, if you go to Tempe, you're gonna there's there's plenty to like out there. So, I think. They do have some interest. I keep I've heard Nebraska a lot. I know when he went up there for their spring game, he really enjoyed that and really has kind of uh, been impressed with the way Nebraska handles and they always recruit Oklahoma really well. So I think that's um, that's another school to keep an eye on. I I just think you know I, from everything I've gathered, his family is on Oklahoma's side. I know you know we we all know a guy that advises him a lot uh, and Jason Sexton that was formerly Midwest City's DC. I get the impression Sexton is really big on OU. Um, so I, I, I just think there's too many people telling him, even if Ole Miss wasn't the train wreck that it's clearly becoming, I still don't think he would have gone anywhere but Oklahoma because everyone's telling him this is the ideal situation. It fits your talents. You know, you, you can grow a lot here. And it's always that same thing that a lot of guys like Sexton, you know, in-state coaches, they understand Oklahoma has it matters to them that in-state kids do well at Oklahoma or at least like their experience at Oklahoma because that helps them recruit future guys from inside their own state who's the last I'm trying to think the last dominant edge rusher from the state of Oklahoma to play at OU I mean it can't go back like Dan Cody far can it yeah you know what's crazy is my first thought was freaking Rocky Bright. <laughs> Daryl Bright. Yeah, I was like, I don't even think he qualifies, but it was. But you're right. I think Dan Cody would be your best option. Um, there just hasn't been a whole lot of uh-uh. guys as a whole to go to Corey like, to Heineken. come out of Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean Larry Burdine had a moment there, yeah. but he never really could solidify himself consistently as a but, great. I player. mean, yeah, OU's best have been mainly from Texas. Yeah, oh, it, you know it's funny because if you look edge, you don't see it, but inside, I mean, you know, you talk about guys like Gerald or Martin Chase, you know, Dusty. Yeah. You know, I mean, not I was going to start to say Dusty Loveless, but that one doesn't work. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's been some solid interior defensive line, but on the edge, Corey Klein, yeah, because you just don't have those those twitchy guys. I mean, that that's at end, man. You've got to be explosive, and Oklahoma's more about pluggers and got big, strong, you know, kind of stout players, but not nearly as many of those guys that are 240 pounds running four six. So is he? I mean, where does he? Is he one of the best 
yeah. edge rushers that we've seen maybe in the last 20 years? <laughs> I, I think in the state, yeah. I mean, he it, it's more about potential with him. Like, you, you it's it's people forget. I mean, it, and it was such a big story when, when he first kind of emerged, but this guy didn't play football his first two years of high school and really hadn't played that much prior, you know, uh, I guess after his eighth grade year. So, I mean, th- this is just a guy that hadn't been around it. So last year, you know, I know some people that talk about watching his, his junior tape and say, man, he's not a – he's barely an FBS offer based on his junior tape. But then you see him up close and you see, like, the guy that he's growing into, and it's just unreal. I mean, the kind of potential he has. Every time we've seen him, he's taken that next mm-hmm. step, it feels like. Yep. And it – I mean – you hate to say sky the sky's the limit because it's so cliche, but I mean this guy Jalen Redmond could be an NFL guy one day if he just continues to take that next step every time. I can flat out tell you, Eddie. I was I, it was after the Metro Team mm-hmm. Camp, and I had gone home and I was just raving about him. And I was talking to a few coaches that I know, and one guy you know recruits the state frequently, and we're talking. I said, man, he he might be the number two guy in the state behind Bray, and he goes, screw that, he may be the best guy in the state. I mean, and that, and that you're just like, wow. Because, yeah. I mean, it's and it's so similar to Bray because I, everybody knows that I think the world of Bray's potential, but he's never gotten there in my opinion. Yeah. Like, he still hasn't gotten to that, t- which is both kind of scary as far as, oh, God, is he going to get there? But it's also scary in that he's this good already, and I don't think he's 70% of the guy he can be. He is. I mean, Jalen Redmond at the Metro team camp was a one-man wrecking crew. <laughs> yeah, just, you guys came back as just far as just about him from there. There was a couple times like he just he'd make kids cry. I mean, mm-hmm. kids were scared of him to get hit by him. Well, that picture I've run anywhere I could run it because it's probably my favorite picture I've ever taken with him kind of blowing through the line and he's about to kill that quarterback. Mm-hmm. It's the only great picture you've ever taken. I, I I wouldn't. I don't think I'd argue with you. And he. Well, you have a new camera. So. And I just remember, I, and I'll never forget, it's one of those things like you, you do this stuff for long and you kind of get numb to the things you hear. But Jeremy Dombeck, Mustangs head coach, who's trying to figure out his quarterback situation, sees Redmond break through the line. Could You know, he can't take the guy to the ground, but he definitely could have popped him with his hands and given him, you know, kind of let him know he was there. The kid pulls up, just kind of lets the court, you know, kind of bumps the quarterback he starts walking back to the huddle. He goes, "Thanks a lot, six. Like Don Beck couldn't have appreciated more. <laughs> you just than saved the 2018 season, <laughs> exactly. 2017 My season. Quarterback's <laughs> not dead on the ground. So it was, it, it was, and it's, you know. And I heard coaches sitting around talking about he looks like a grown man out here compared yeah. to everybody else. And it wasn't the best Metro team camp. So there's something to be said for, you know, the 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 short the big guy sitting next to all the short kids. I mean, there, there's something to that as well. But at the same time, you. You don't have to do this long to realize, you know, looking at that kid is pretty special. I just I just think it's kind of strange because I mean just just generally the world at large, Sooner fans, I don't think they they really appreciate how good Redmond is and you know how how much they really need him. Well and I and I think it's just because you know, he hasn't done a whole lot in the recruiting. I mean, he's, he's he's had it narrowed down. There's not a lot of, you know, there's Ohio State's not in here and, and Texas isn't in here. So, I mean, the Tatum thing blew up because he committed to Texas. But in the end, I think we all know that Jalen Redmond's the, the true jewel on the defensive line for, out of this And class. for that matter, too, I think it, you know, he might get overlooked just a little bit, too, because he's, he's a pretty quiet kid. He's not on yeah. social media a whole lot. And he uh, was there it up with at kids. Ron Tatum's announcement when he yeah. announced for Texas wearing OU gear, stuff. Yep. wearing a ton of OU gear. If that was, I mean, to this day, that will be outside of the Waraboko thing, which we've talked about before. The Ron Tatum commitment to Texas is still probably one of the weirdest situations I've ever been in. It's a very, I don't know, it had a very Lavar Ball feel to it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, somebody dominating decision making not not there for the kid well what's crazy you know you look at you kind of to go back to the the redmond stuff and how kind of overlooked he gets what's more overlooked is look at what the states produced for oklahoma as far as defensive linemen in the last two years you could get redmond and tatum who are nfl caliber guys i mean with their you know again and this you're talking about potential what they could be i don't know that that's where they'll go but then you look at last year, Isaiah Thomas. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any. You know, there's all these pictures you see during the summer. You know, of the guys hanging out. 
that picture of him when they were doing I, it was some kind of charity work where they were working with some somebody here in Norman and all the, there was about ten or twelve guys kind of around a couple mm-hmm. of like kids. On a basketball court or something. He like looked huge. I mean, he didn't look at all like the guy I expected. And I thought when he went down to. Uh, San Antonio, I thought, okay, he's going to look like a just a stick out there compared to these guys. But even then, you could see him starting to gain weight. And then you throw in Tyrese Lott, who there are some people that think he's as talented as any defensive lineman OU signed last year. I mean, there there were a few people, kind of like we talked about you know, last week with Ricky DeBerry. There was some that really loved Ricky DeBerry and some that didn't think he was going to do anything. There are It's very mixed on Tyrese Lott. There's some that are really high on him and what he could be. So... You know, you're talking about four guys there who I think all have a legitimate chance to at least make an impact for Oklahoma. So that's for the state. I don't think, I wonder if that's ever happened in the last 30 years of Oklahoma recruiting four defensive linemen in two years. End up, you know, end up playing a role for OU's defensive line. We just tried to come up with one just a minute ago yeah, and couldn't. So exactly. Had, uh, okay, let me ask you this last thing on uh, the barbecue is give me one guy. That might be kind of just coming in. That you know, he's just coming to come and know you. You know, he's sort of interested in OU, but like that. Give me that guy that they could make up the most ground with this weekend. You know, it's that's a good question because there's a couple guys I could go over. I think the first one that, and I, I'm kind of going to think about this for a second. But the first guy that comes to my mind is Deshaun White, and I think that'll surprise people. But everybody I've talked to makes it sound very much like Oklahoma State and Texas A&M are way out in front for him. And I think that's largely based on they have made him a priority. While I feel like Oklahoma has always kind of hit him hard. Yeah, they've never really made him a priority. They were, I know, almost a month later than Oklahoma State, and I think over a month later than Texas A&M and offering him. And he came up a couple of times in the spring really hoping to get that scholarship offer and it just didn't happen so he's the first one that comes to mind another good option that's maybe a little more um i don't know if it's obvious or sexy or how you want to word that but it's bobby brown from uh arlington uh i've got him listed as arlington martin on the, our, our list but that's not right arlington lamar um he is a guy that i thought oklahoma was a heavy lead for i thought he almost committed a couple times in the spring he's really tight with calvin thibodeau but He's a guy that I think there was some stuff going on with him personally, and I think Wires got a little cross with him and OU, and he he told people, "Oh, I'm not really talking to OU." And everybody I would talk to said everything's you know from our end is is copacetic. It's right where we want it to be. And then I would talk to Bobby, and he kind of acted weird. Well, as I've kind of uncovered the story, and it's not something I want to go into publicly because it's it's just not anybody's business, but. I think that is something that's been cured a little bit. He's supposed to be bringing like six of his buddies up to the barbecue. So I don't know how that's going to go. It's either going to be really good because he can have a good time with his friends at OU and everybody's going to hang out, or he's going to be kind of aloof and hanging out with his buddies. No, you can't really get any time with him. So I don't know how that's going to work, but he's a guy that OU really, really wants. And I think if they can if they can get some time with him, get in his ear a little bit, and let Lincoln Riley sell him, I think oh, you could be in good shape. Now, Josh, where can people find this list of recruits well, at the we've, barbecue? We've got the July 29th barbecue visitor list on uh, the Crimson Corner. Yeah, there we go. Uh, it's linked all over the front page. We've got all kinds of you know direct links only to it. We started it you know a couple of weeks ago now, um, and we just kind of keep updating it for those that aren't on the board or familiar with how we operate. We usually about two real weeks time. Out. You hear something, yeah. You put it on the yeah board. and then i mean and you know for those that don't understand it it's it's all fluid i mean there any of these guys that we're talking about could call me today and say hey josh i'm actually not going to make it and the list changes so i mean it's you know people will say oh you know i got on there i saw it somewhere and i kind of looked at the list yeah uh, this is just something it's it's all going to change you know guys miss flights guys you know mom overslept you know we couldn't get there you know whatever it could be there's 101 things urban meyer told me pull my scholarship exactly urban meyer told me to stay the hell out of the 405 so things happen people make make plans to do other things now Mm -hmm. don't uh, we're not reporting that that's what happened with urban meyer we're just you know we're joking around on the podcast no i heard guys were involved josh i want to ask you about you know (laughs) it's kind of in the same tone as what carrie asked you but how important is this visit for tj pledger because ever all the talk was you know they just need to get him to the barbecue that will settle everything Mm -hmm. and now that he brings noah kane with him uh what kind of impact will that have I think it's huge, and I think it's Oklahoma's chance to 
shut down. I kind of just the same deal we're talking about with Josh Proctor and Jaden Woodby. It's a chance to shut all that down and say, TJ, if you're going to be recruiting for us, and we we need you with us. We don't need you looking around too, but yet telling guys, hey, I'm I'm here with OU because. We've talked about that forever, man. That's such a mixed message to those mm-hmm. other recruits. Oh yeah, you love OU, do you? Well, what, when you go into Nebraska, yeah. you know I mean, that, that's going to confuse people and it makes the situation weird. So I, I think it's a big chance for OU. They're going to lay out the red carpet. I, I, what I'm interested to see is how they do that with he and Noah. Do they? Do Noah and TJ pretty much take the tour together, yeah. or do they kind of split them up and let that you know kind of? Because I mean. <laughs> You're gonna tell Noah, man. You, you, you and TJ, you're gonna be the man. But, and that's fine too. But it's every running back's got a little selfishness in them. Like they want to hear that I'm the freaking man, you know. So it'll be. I, I'm, I'm real interested to see how they handle that. And I don't think it's a big storyline or anything. I don't think it's gonna be a make or break deal for either player. But it that's that's the stuff that always interests me because I'm a recruiting geek and find stuff like that really appealing. The one more question about a player, and then I have Cut a question. Hog, sorry, no, th- I'm kidding. Daryl Simpson, yeah, that's another big name coming in. Offensive line obviously mm-hmm. is in a really good situation. Yep. with Bill Beat and Bow, uh, and you know the Ruben. Uh, is it? How do you even say his I last name? I think it's Unajay. Unajay. Mm-hmm. That was some in- very interesting news that Woody passed along today from IMG. Yeah, uh, Media Day. Mm-hmm. IMG has a Media Day, of course. Yeah, well, uh, now. With Daryl, Texas coaches are offended. Daryl, I think is, but they're gonna talk shit about it until they have to back out of it. <laughs> well, until they can until go they need and, a player. Well, yeah, and well, until they can send their own media department to cover the media day. Yeah, then it's fine. Yeah. Um, now, with Daryl, I think Oklahoma's in a great spot. I, I really had thought for a long time it was OU and A and M, but talking to some guys that I really know that are well plugged into the A and M market. A&M's not even there anymore. Like I don't think that's even a, a realistic option for him at this at this point in time. So I, I don't know. You know, like obviously TCU, he's in the area that that's that's an interesting one to follow. And there's some other places, but he just has such a long standing relationship with OU. He's a he fits Bill Beaton both so perfectly because when other guys see these big kind of sloppy offensive linemen, like I don't know what Bill sees. You know, it's kind of like the. Um, uh, Goodwill Hunting, where he's talking about like you look at a piano and you know you, I see chopsticks, you know, but Beethoven he saw you know the symphony, and that's kind of like that's what what bit like I'll see guys I'm like and I I think I'm pretty good with offensive linemen, but Bill will see stuff and I'm like I don't you know like he'll see a guy I'm like I'm not crazy about that yeah. guy and then the dude's a player you know so it's just I think he he's bought into Daryl and I think that I don't think it'll happen this weekend it's possible but I do think before the start of the season Daryl Simpson will be an OU commitment but I don't think that's big news. The Ruben Unage stuff is crazy. I I talked to Ruben back in the spring, and he was like, "Yeah, you know, I like OU, and TJ's always talking him up, and you know, we we'd kind of had some of those conversations, but he had never really gone that far with it. So for a bunch of his teammates that know him to be saying it's Oklahoma or mm-hmm. Florida, and a lot of them picking Oklahoma, that's that's notable. And I mean, if you know, everybody got kind of upset when OU lost Anthony McKinney, but if you can trade a good juco guy for a high level yeah. high school guy man you'll take that trading day of the week especially with OU having you know some some young talent at tackle what's up with florida right now uh, they not are sexy. they just but they are it seems like almost oh, like the sexy well pick right picked up matt corral over the past week i'm saying they haven't been sexy yeah, that, since McElwain got there. right right so it is somebody's well that shark disagrees it's tim tebow prayers is what it is Maybe it was the shark. The shark got him. Go- like, or, or it could be. Do we talk? <laughs> could that have been more poorly handled by Jim McElwain? Like he he he, he got, had such a chance to roll with that and yeah. make it funny, and he made it like this awful, stupid thing. Well, then he, he was overly sensitive. About yeah, it. he was. That's exactly it. Yep. But I mean, yeah. I mean, Eddie, you talked about Matt Corral, the five-star quarterback. Him. Jamar Chase, I think it was <laughs> four star from New Orleans. I mean, they they've had a really nice run here. I'll tell you, the guy that I love is the Kyle Pitts kid, the tight end from Pennsylvania. They just got that was an early OU offer. Um, he's a really good player. So yeah, Florida's Florida's kind of got it rolling right now, and they just got Curtis Dunlap, yeah. uh, Unajay's teammate from IMG. So I mean, I, if you're gonna make me bet, and it it's I'm not gonna tell you that I'm really tied into the Ruben Unajay thing because I'd kind of written that off. So I won't pretend that this is this is the best info out there, but. 
if you made me pick, I'd bet Florida. But clearly, Oklahoma's involved here. I think it's safe to say they'd get an official visit. And at that point, you know, stuff happens. I think somebody in the SEC just kind of has to, I mean, with, with so much... Cyclical every year, it's somebody else. I mean, you've had so many changeovers at key programs. Yeah. It's I been mean, Tennessee the last couple years. We know they're a mediocre program, and now it's Florida. I mean, is that fair? Yeah. Well, but I mean, you know, you've got new coaches at LSU. you got new coach at Georgia. Uh, Georgia didn't do that. It's just... Oh, Miss is in upheaval now, yeah. so they're not, you know, they're not on that stage anymore. Trying to go after the same type of kids, Arkansas is not really moving the needle. I, I mean, mean, kids have to go somewhere. Yeah, God, Tennessee's got seven four stars and one five star, uh, two four star quarterbacks committed. What the hell has Tennessee done, particularly at quarterback, that would make you want to go play there? Tennessee have a shitty stadium too. They may have a lot of people that go in that thing, but I thought that place was crap. It's Rustolium. I love. It really this. was like a really. It big was. It's Lewis. Lewis it's Lewis Field on steroids. <laughs> it really is. It's like, and there's different. It's like a. It's like a. a what do they call those rat rods? Those cars that they purposely make look old. <laughs> oh yeah yeah yeah. I mean, it, I it was mean. like a rat rod of a stadium because it was like there was, there was shit just, you know, melded with other shit. Yeah. To make a stadium, it wasn't. It wasn't like like you go to OU or you go to Stillwater, you go to TCU. I mean, it's Florida immaculate. State. Even Florida it's, State was an awesome. It's immaculate uh, everywhere. Yeah, Florida State. Great. Tennessee was literally like going to your crazy uncle's house <laughs> that was a little bit of a hoarder. Yeah, maybe has a drinking problem. Has a car parked in the front yard on the lawn. Maybe banging a stepdaughter. You're going... In oh, that's diff- too much. By the way, I'll say this. I saw this, too. I don't know why I'm ripping on Tennessee so much. I, it's all coming out. It's but kind like, of bitches. They're big. They're big. The walk thing. Yeah. Like... I mean, I'm yawning. It's like everybody up in the press box is like pressed up against the windows, <laughs> like watching the walk. And I'm just like, they're... I wanted to cuss really bad. They're freaking walking to the stadium. I mean... And you woo yay you got suits on yeah that that thing is that's a weird that's a total SEC thing like oh you's trying to do that too now yeah that dropping them off in front of Headington or whatever yep. and Schnellenberger had that stupid thing where they walked they made them stay at that really shitty hotel Sooner Hotel and so they could walk to the stadium oh did over, they really over there by Lloyd Noble is that what you're talking about the no like over there by like the OCCE or, I think all that stuff is gone now or they're getting rid of it all now just north of the Lloyd Noble over though. by the by the yeah just over it was actually north kind of, between of the, dorms. the dorms yeah, yeah. okay yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about yeah. yeah I didn't realize they did that yeah it was a disaster well, god Eddie you were like 10 yeah we used to park around there when I came to games with my parents that so I, but yeah I don't know why I've, I got off on a Tennessee rant but I don't know what their locker rooms and stuff are like. I mean, I'm sure they're nice, but here's the other thing too. Like Texas is like throwing all their pictures of their locker rooms up, and it's it's not other than just having TVs with lockers. They're not really changing anything. You still have a bunch of square, you know, rooms with lockers in them that look like they haven't been updated since the '90s. I told you the, the one of the best comments I saw about uh, the new lockers down in Austin is somebody said it looked like the frozen foods aisle at H-E-B. <laughs> it really did. <laughs> and if you go look at the picture, it, it really does. Well, you, you compare what they did with OU, and it's and maybe it's because I'm in the world of just finishing <laughs> remodeling a bathroom. But you know the stuff you always see the rebath, mm-hmm. like they just like put a little casing over yeah. the old shower. That's what it looks like. They just kind of yeah. like glossed over the top of it now it looks great and new but it's crap you know it is it's surprising we've talked about it many times but it's surprising how far texas fell behind when you look at uh you know look at oklahoma state well, what they did, did. look at I mean, ou every, yeah mean, everybody did the pe- only people that were built like kansas state is i mean just that's a totally different stadium than yeah. it was when we first started covering yeah. the team i mean first they did the huge you know, video the other board side, now. and then they did a whole new press yeah. box and i mean baylor stadium's really nice uh, although it's it's it you can tell they built it on the cheap like Baylor Stadium yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, it looks nice though um, in TCU's I mean their facilities are phenomenal I I love TCU Stadium it's kind of it's kind of smallish but very homey people have a lot of hatred for Texas Tech and I, understandably when you're chanting F U Baker you know their fans are insane and 
mean spirited and just jerks, but their facilities they were one of the first ones like right along with Oklahoma State to really redo their press box mm-hmm. side. So that's been and now I haven't seen their their new stuff, but now they've got both sides done and Oh, now te- they got a new training. That thing that caught on fire for a while. I, yeah, Texas Tech has the nicest. Well, I'd say Tech or K State has have the nicest press boxes in the league, wouldn't you say? Yeah, Missouri had a really good one when they were in the league. Well, that makes sense. All the journalism stuff <laughs> that you always hear about. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no one's going to school there. Okay, anymore. so uh, I know we weren't going to go too long because Josh has got to get out of here. But um, seven hour drive with a pregnant I, wife. I, and I a did. I had one more question about the. Uh, oh my god! The barbecue. Questions. Yes. Is Lincoln? What kind of fingerprint will Lincoln Riley put on this thing? Because I, I do. I do agree with a lot of people on the board that. You know, I you think, think next Bob was year, the one that came up with playing softball last year. Yeah. No. Well, maybe water balloon fight was all Bob. Yeah. I, I just think that. In the coming years for the barbecue, they're going to either change. They're they're going to make it more sexy. It's going to be an event that you don't see kids missing out yep. on. Yep. Well, if you're if you're smart, you know you don't even go outside. You just do all kinds of events in the new indoor. Like you have a freaking pool party in the hydrotherapy area or something. Have a well, you could have strippers come, but that would be probably That'd a little be what over. You the, would do. Yeah. A little cocaine buffet on the on the side. BFJ. <laughs> so, now, I, to answer the question, I mean, Lincoln, I think there's so many ways they can do it. And I think, to Oklahoma's credit, they're trying not to just steal ideas. Like, they want to be original with the things they're doing. Yeah. You know, because I've always talked about Friday Night Lights, and I think there's a lot of people that think that that could be a great idea. But how do you make it your own into where it's not just a ripoff of Urban Meyer when they were doing that at Florida or the Rising, Rising Stars at USC that was even before that? So, I mean, there's a lot of ways you can go with that. But Oklahoma's got to find out something to make it attractive for guys outside of their own region to come. Like, when Nebraska – I mean, Nebraska did theirs, and they had like 8,000 fans show up to their Friday Night Lights thing. And you had TJ Pledger show up, Bradley Hiles show up. I mean, they had guys from California, Florida, really all over the country came in for that thing. And you need something like that because – just a junior day, man. Freaking everybody does those. Yeah, like, nobody. You're not going to attract. Them. Yeah, like you'll you'll get your local and regional guys, sure. But no kid, like no five stars coming in from Seattle to come check out. You know, a junior day that they it's going to be basically the same thing they'll see at every other school. If you really wanted to copy Urban Meyer, you could just not talk to your family for three months. <laughs> Hot takes. Okay. Uh, all right. So we're running out of time here. We're not going to do another hour and 45-minute podcast. Uh, I did want to kind of hit on some of what we talked to the coaches about uh, at the golf outing. And, you know, it was the first time we had a chance to talk to Ruffin McNeil. He's a very sweaty man. (laughs) Uh, It was very hot, though. It was so hot. It was so hot. Uh, I... I mean, the first guy we talked to was Kerry Cooks, and I know it kind of... People mentioned this on the board. You know... He came out and said that, you know, they're being supportive of Will Sunderland and trying to encourage him to stay in class, depending on what happens or whatever. He's he's just trying to be... I mean, they're trying to paint the turd. I mean, they know that there's almost zero chance he's going to be on the team moving forward. So, you know, it's just a guy that probably feels bad for his family that they're going through this and really feels bad for Will because... We've talked about this a bunch. It is still, it's probably going to be the most bizarre incident that's ever happened in modern days at OU. That that kid stole stuff and then tried to sell it. I mean, it's just, it doesn't make any sense to anybody that knows him at all. Talk about, you know, the Mixon situation being out of character. This is like out of character times two trillion. Yeah, because we didn't really... I mean, Joe was from California. Yeah. I think I was the only one that ever had talked to him face-to-face before. I don't know. Well, I was up there with you. But but you guys talked to him at the Army Army. game. I was up in that Soldier Field, too. Well, you sort of talked to him. We talked to him as he did interview. As he signed autographs. autographs. Yeah. Should have been a big clue. The only time I've ever done an interview, like, in a crouch. Yeah. Like, I, I was crouched down next to him so the kids could get to him. I'm like holding the mic in his face and Eddie's shooting from across the table. That was the most awkward damn interview I've ever done. Yeah, you got to get your interviews before the game at that thing. Just so stupid. Those kids. 
their kids, that, kids they, and their autographs. I was really looking forward to uh, going up to kids. Cincinnati and interviewing his uh, mentor, Pac-Man Jones, but he'll be suspended for the first week uh, during uh, well, while we're up there. Because I think the Bengals open the day after Ohio State. Uh, okay, so back to... And, and by the way, like Jay Bulware, I thought it was really interesting, basically gave a no comment on who, Eddie? I don't know. Who hasn't been there this summer? Oh, Austin Seibert. Okay. Well, you said Seibert. I was hoping for a Seibert. I'm getting better. <laughs> when he when he when he when he when he leaves the team, I finally get it done. That probably means he'll never come back. <laughs> but just giving a no comment, I thought that was interesting. Which means he's in the shit house. That means that Seibert must have done this all on his own. This was not something that was cleared by the coaches. Hey, I'm going to take the summer off. This was a uh, I'm going home. Yeah, screw you guys. Yeah, Do, very, I'm very weird. Off. And it'll be very interesting to see, you know, Cy- if Cybert and I assume that Robinson's back on campus this week. Uh, everybody reports by Sunday with practice starting Monday. Yeah, uh, those are two names that I would, I will be interested uh, come Monday to see, you know, what kind of what their status is. By the way, uh, I'm going to throw this out there too. Like, they will start practicing on Monday. Uh, our first media will be on Thursday. But don't freak out and don't listen to a bunch of reports about this guy's looking like they don't wear pads for the first three days of practice. Oh, God. We are at that time of the year, isn't it? What happened at practice today? Because it's all going to be. I mean, it is surprising to me. Like, they'll get out there first day of practice, and there's no like walkthrough period. They're like out there running plays. So they do do stuff. But, you know, they've the NCAA rules this year, there are no two a days. Uh, they get extra time of practice. That's why they're start. Usually, they don't pra- they don't start practice until like August fourth or fifth. Uh, so they practice a little bit earlier and they get another week uh, without the two a days. And they only had four or five two a days. Uh, Tim Kish was talking about this, so it, it's really not going to affect them. And I think when they had two a days, they couldn't wear full pads on both practices. I think one had to be uh, uppers only or something like that, or maybe it was just helmets only. Uh, so. What I'm trying to say is don't freak out because they're going to have three practices and you haven't heard any information about who's standing out because it's non-pad. So there's my public service announcement. <laughs> uh, but, you know, other other than that, I mean, just talking to the coaches, um, I know, Eddie, you were you, you spent time with Tim Kish and, you know, the Kenneth Murray thing was kind of confusing a little bit. I think after talking to Mike about it, it kind of pieced together, but they I didn't really get the feeling talking to Mike like he really excelled at middle linebacker. Because remember, they had the spring game and he had only been moved the week before mm-hmm. the spring game. So it was the first time he was playing middle linebacker. And I, I I know there's one series of photos that we have where he's just getting absolutely destroyed by Creed Humphrey. Yeah. Um I think you had the video of it too. That was on a Marcellus uh, Sutton touchdown, I think. Yeah, and uh, I just didn't really get the feeling like they felt like, oh yeah, he's definitely a middle linebacker. They're going to start him out as a middle linebacker, playing the Mike linebacker with John Michael Terry. But I think they want John Michael Terry to really step up early here in fall camp and take that job. I think it's bad news if you're starting a true freshman at middle linebacker. That's just me. I, and that's not to say that Kenneth Murray can't do it because I absolutely think that you know one day he can be that guy. But you want a you want a redshirt freshman, redshirt sophomore starting over a freshman. That's just me. And I'll say this: uh, Josh McQuiston kind of called his shot last week, but a lot of positive talk about Addison Gums making an impact this year. Yeah, I, you know, you guys would know it better than I do. I just. Guys with that kind of length and burst off the edge, I mean, they're, they're going to find a way on the football field. Because like we've talked about, if there's – I think Oklahoma will be okay inside. Neville Gallimore, Matt Romar, I mean, you've got some bodies in there that you both know you can trust and that are, that are talented guys. If they're healthy. Yeah, yeah. But on the edge, what do you have? I mean, what do you have that you know you can trust? I mean – You got Oboe. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's a guy that – if they're going into a 4-3, he's playing a position that he neither played in high school nor has he played it at Oklahoma. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. It's, it's not that different. I, I think he can handle it. But there's going to be some adjustment period. And so you need other guys to step up and can give him a, a break sometimes. And 
Gums, I mean, you know, you're talking about a big guy like we talked about earlier. Big guy off the edge that can run. Those guys are hard to find. It's going to be interesting. Mark Jackson gets kind of lost in the mix. Yeah, and I was surprised that they, they said that, you know, I can't remember if it was Mike or Tibbs or who said this, but, like, they said they're still looking for a backup uh, to Caleb Kelly, and I yeah. thought that that would have been Mark Jackson. Yeah. But it doesn't sound like like he's there yet. I, I, Either that or they're just trying to push him a little bit. And more. it also goes back into kind of what I put on the board just about the Lampkin situation. Just because guys aren't talked about doesn't mean they're not going to contribute at some point. Yep. Well, he has to. I mean... I don't know how productive he'll be, but he has to get snaps. Yeah. Because, I look, I, I'll say this is one underrated aspect of the defense is that I think Neville Gallimore could be a really good pass rusher. Yeah. Playing, you know, inside but still getting pressure on the quarterback. Yeah, as a three, I mean, he's yeah. a really athletic three. So that he, he, could, he could absolutely be, you know, in that scheme they were playing last year, even – if he wasn't farther outside and then, you know, instantly becoming less athletic, that scheme wasn't really created for him to create pressure. That wasn't really the idea. But with this, yeah, I mean, you, you go back through the years, OU's best defenses, Tommy Harris, Gerald McCoy, I mean, you had guys who could get to the quarterback from inside and it changed the whole game. So I, I they need him to be really good. The one thing about this defense, and, and look, I, I'm not, I don't know that they'll be ready for Ohio State, but I mean, just watching them in the spring, I mean, you see guys like Caleb Kelly. You see guys like Oboe wasn't even out there, but Addison Gums, yeah. Mark Jackson, John Michael Terry. They are longer and more athletic than maybe I've ever seen this defense. What? I mean, it's remarkable the type of athletes that they brought in the last couple of years. Just another thing that I'll add too, just going through back through like old game tape video from last season is at the end of the year, there was a very, I, I guess, it, look at the tackle stats and stuff like that and it might say differently but just from my video and stuff it looked like repeatedly it was Caleb Kelly it was Oboe Okoronkwo it was uh Stephen Parker you know those guys making a lot of plays yeah. at the end of the year and they're all back so they should take another level or I guess another step up and and just being better you can't be worse than they were the first six games yeah and they, you really don't lose much on the defensive line so just got to find a fill a hole for Jordan Evans. Yeah, which I mean, is a big. That's a huge deal. By the way, also talking to Kerry Cooks, uh, I really get the feeling that they are all aboard the Will Johnson train to replace Will Sunderland. Like I think they're intrigued by by Barnes by Robert Barnes, and said that he doesn't look like a guy that even suffered an injury last year. But there's no way you're getting a true freshman ready for that position. In my mind. It's tough. And especially in this league with as much stuff that offenses do to confuse a safety, I would have to think that there's a major learning curve there. It helps he comes from a really good program, though, and it's not surprising that he's quote-unquote ready. And, you know, he mentioned this, and it is true. Two years ago, Will Johnson was really good as a, as a safety. Yeah. As a nickel playing up on the line of scrimmage. Bad news. And he said it. He said... He had concussion problems because we made mistakes trying to play him up on the line, which is kind of ballsy to say. Uh, it's maybe with this crew, our scoop, our, our Crimson Corner crew, honesty is never lie. Lie all the time. <laughs> that's my advice to you. Okay, that's going to do it for this edition of the Unofficial 40 Podcast. Really enjoyed having Josh in studio. Thanks to Eddie as well. But uh, we are out of time, so we're going to end it a little bit earlier than normal. Josh has got to get back on the road with the pregnant wife and the kid. Uh, so thanks all for listening. Uh, go check us out at Soonerscoop.com. If you're not already a member, just remember uh, the stuff we talk about in the podcast, just brushing over, there's 10 times more information available on the Crimson Corner, especially tidbits from practices. Uh, and obviously the Sooner Scoop breaking down all the visitors uh, for the bar big barbecue this weekend. And plus, uh, we'll be updating you constantly throughout the weekend on what's going on with the barbecue. So go to Soonerscoop.com, uh, $9.99 a month or $100 for the entire year. Uh, you will not regret uh, being a part of the site, especially now with fall camp getting underway, uh, with recruiting hitting the hot and heavy stages, official visits, all that stuff. So thanks again for listening to the Unofficial 40. We'll see you next time right back here on Soonerscoop.com podcasts.